Wow. Give them some praise. Oh, I tell you what, just look to the person next to you and say, you look skinnier today. You know, it just gets everybody in a good mood, doesn't it? I think the worst one I ever heard was give somebody a bear hug. And I thought, and that was my worship leader. I said, you didn't just say that, did you? And, uh, and so, wow, man, if you were here this morning, uh, we had a good time this morning. And uh, God showed up. And so to him be the glory. It was so good. I'm so glad to be with you. If you weren't here, my name is Pastor James. Um, I was an intern up here 18 years ago, 19 years ago. Pastor Dwayne gave me an opportunity to come out of the corporate world. Uh, I was in the corporate world for nine years. And he gave me an opportunity of a lifetime. And that is to study ministry under him for a year and a half. Uh, and then, uh, like every loving parent, um, when, the, when the kids have overstayed their welcome, we love you, but you need to go. And uh, they sent us down to Battle Creek. We've been ministering in Battle Creek uh, for 17, 18 years. You guys have planted us down there, and we're, we're, we're so grateful. Uh, we went down there, and there was 50 people. And uh, today, Victory Life runs 2,000 people, and we've seen 250 salvations this year alone, the first three months. And so my adorable wife, Eileen, is right there in the front row. She's amazing. And, oh, come on, show her some honor. She had to put up with me for 30 years, for 30 years. Um, and and I, I don't want to break the spirit that this worship team has brought. And I think the word is going to bring us right back to, to that moment, that place we were at. But I, I do want to just highlight, because they've asked me to, and that is... Um, I've got a resource on the back there. Jolene's in the back, and uh, it, it's a, a book I've written called Living Free. And I realize that, that freedom isn't something, freedom is someone, that it's a way of life. And as you were here this morning, we talked about how the desert can either equip us for the things of God, to be empowered by the Spirit, or that desert season in our lives can, can entrap us. And the enemy will do everything he can to keep you from uh, eternity with your heavenly father. He'll do everything he can to keep you out of heaven. But if he loses that battle, the next thing he does is he does everything he can to keep God's children wandering in the wilderness for, the, for their whole lifetime. And you were not meant to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness. You were meant to walk into the promises of God. And what I want to share today is really in my 18 years, 19 years of ministry now, uh, I see it as the number one reason why people are trapped in the desert their whole lives. And uh, it's actually chapter 9 that I'm going to kind of speak on in in here. But it's the number one reason why I see people wander. And even though they love God and and Jesus loves them, they're they're trapped in their desert and they can't get out because I, I, I believe it's this number one reason. And that is the issue of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, the enemy is more pressed to make this an issue, I think, than any other issue. Because forgiveness is not an element of Christianity. Forgiveness is Christianity. You you take forgiveness out of the equation, there is no Christianity. One of Jesus' final words was, Father, forgive him. He came for the forgiveness of sin. We take forgiveness out, there is no Christianity, there is no eternity. And so the devil is passionate to to corrupt this issue because it is the foundation of which our faith and our Savior, it's, it's all based on. And when we take a look at forgiveness in this time, this is a message. It is going to touch everybody. In fact, it is impossible 
uh, to avoid this. And this is what Matthew 17 tells us. It says, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him who it comes through. I mean, sometimes we can try to get so positive and optimistic in life, and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to stand on the premises of God, but there's a point of denial that it comes in. And he says, look, it doesn't matter how good of an attitude you have, you're going to be offended. And some of you are offended now, and there's a good chance I, you're going to be offended by the end of this message. So I, I kind of flow in that gift sometimes of offending people. It just comes natural for me sometimes. That was meant to be funny. <laughs> and, and so it, it is something that, that either will put you in the desert, and you're currently in the desert now, or something you're going to be challenged with. And here are two truths when I talk about the issue of forgiveness that, that I've experienced in my life, here are two truths that, are, uh, that can be made about forgiveness. Is we're expected to forgive every time, all the time. And here's the second one. It's impossible to forgive without the power of God in your life. Those are two undeniable truths. And in Luke 17, verse 3, this reality is given to the disciples. I mean, they're, they're hanging with Jesus. They, they've seen amazing things. And he's going to address this issue, and it's going to part their hair. And this is what he gives them. He says, take heed of yourselves. And this is Luke 17, 3. Take heed of yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Now, the first part is easy, isn't it? Uh, we, we flow in the gift of rebuking sometimes. Rebuke him, and if he repents, then you've got to forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times he returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now, look at what the apostle's response was when he said, this is your challenge. This is your bar that I'm setting. You've got to realize that they have been living in a culture of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So he is now bringing a new teaching, a new doctrine, a new expectation that, that is expected of these guys. And so when he said, if he repents, you shall forgive him. And this was their response. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Let me paraphrase that for you. He said, come on, are you kidding me? You cannot be serious. This, and, and their first response was, what you're asking you cannot be serious because that is impossible. And if that's what you're telling me, then you've got to increase my faith because I'm telling you there's no way that's going to happen. That is all encompassed in that response right there. You have got to be kidding me. We have got to forgive. So this was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth day. And boy, there are just some moments in my life where I would just go, Lord, can I just have three minutes back under the old covenant? Just give me three minutes to go eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and I'll repent. We'll come back under your grace, and we'll live there, and, and we're all good, but just give me three minutes. And so this is how they were raised, and now they're given a doctrine that is totally impossible, and it goes back to what I'm saying. It is impossible without the power of God in our lives. And so the Lord said, have faith of a mustard seed. And you say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the seed, and it will obey. And so here's what he's saying. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, the, the, we, we use this phrase, we're familiar with this phrase. If you just have the faith of a mustard seed, that we don't often realize it's associated with the issue of forgiveness that, that he's talking about. And the mustard seed, as we know, it is, a, it is one of the smallest seeds. This is what he's saying Forgiveness can be so difficult 
that if you're just willing to even consider and try and look to me, I'll give you the strength to do it. If you, if you just look to me, if you just put forth the smallest of effort and a desire, have the smallest desire in your heart to forgive, he said, I'll give you the power to do it because it's impossible to do it without his power. And so this is what this verse is saying, so that nobody can be without excuse to carry bitterness and unforgiveness, that it's the smallest effort to look to him. And he says, I will match that faith and you will be able to move mountains if you will look to me on this issue. If you have just the faith of a mustard seed, I will move mountains. You can call this mulberry bush up and cast it into the sea. And so forgiveness, what's interesting with forgiveness is it falls into two categories. Uh, there, there's those that are legitimate in their offense. Something horrific happened to them when they were kids. Uh, they were definitely wrong. It, it's legitimate. I've heard stories and I'd go, boy, I can see why you're hurt and you're offended. So that's one category. Here's the other category. Uh, have you ever known somebody that just offends easily and they're always the victim? And, and when you really look at it and you go, okay, you know, that, that's really not what they meant. The, the devil's the accuser of the brethren. Uh, they took it out of context. So there's one that are justified, one that aren't justified. Here's what's interesting about the Bible. It makes no distinction between the two. Meaning, you never have a justification to hold on to bitterness. You're never justified to hold on to unforgiveness. There's never an excuse that is good enough, strong enough to go before the Lord and he would say, you know what, I, I, I got to agree with you on that one. I, I won't forgive either. We're expected to forgive. That's a powerful command, but it only requires God to do it. And so what I want to do is, is I want to take you through this story that Jesus shares on forgiveness. I want to illustrate with it my life uh, because when I, when I put this together, I, I remember this is how powerful forgiveness and healing is. Uh, I put this together. It was really on my heart to, to bring a message of forgiveness. And so I got to this and I said, Lord, this, it would be a great to have an illustration, a, an example in my life uh, that I could share. And I couldn't think of one. I mean, if you know me, I, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky kind of guy. I'm the kind of guy that I wake up singing or whistling in the morning. So if you're not a morning person, I annoy you. I just kind of wake up. I wake up happy, don't I? I wake up and, and there's a praise song in my brain. It's a different song every morning. I wake up and it's already singing in my head. That, that's just, I, I wake up, I'm a happy guy. Uh, things roll off my back like water on a duck, so to speak. And so I got to this and I said, uh, I need an example of when I had to forgive and when it was difficult because eating the last piece of pizza with my name on it probably won't resonate real strong with people on how to forgive, although I do take that very personal, by the way. And so, um, and, and I couldn't think of one. I, I really couldn't. And, and so I knew, I mean, there was pre-Jesus days and... and, and I just couldn't think of one, and it took me about three to four days to come up with an example of how to forgive. And so I give you that preference to, to 
share this story, but let me first read this text that Jesus gives about what forgiveness is all about, okay? So if you have your Bible, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 8, verse 21. And I'll just be honest with you tonight. I kind of know where it's going, but I don't really know where it's going. I know what my part is and what I'm supposed to say, but then I just know God wants to do something. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set a table, and I'm going to just lay out a nice feast for you. And I'm going to invite you that if you want to sit down and, and you want to have a meal, it, it, it's going to be amazing. Uh, if you want to look at it, it's going to be pretty to look at. But I'm just going to invite you to just kind of take what God, God wants to serve today. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, and I'm going to read out of the New King James, uh, Jesus is talking what forgiveness is like. And I'm going to inject um, the way I, I define some scripture here and actually what it is saying in other elements. But in there, he says this, Peter comes to him, and, and I like Peter. Peter Peter's kind of a, a show-off at times, but Peter's got a lot of gumption in him. And it said, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Seven times, like I said, that was a very proud, boastful moment in his life because up to that point, again, it was old covenant, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Seven times, he's just throwing a bar out there trying to show off, trying to look good. Seven times, do I need to, and he's showing all his guys, now watch this, you guys are all tooth for a tooth and eye for an eye, check this out. How many times do I need to forgive Jesus? Seven times? And this is what his response is. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 77 times. He missed it by just 483. So close, so close. And in verse 23, it says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. And he begins to tell this story now. Who wanted to settle accounts with several servants. And when he had begun settling accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. If you have the NIV, it will say 10,000 bags of gold. The New International Commentary says that when you look at the wages of that time by the amount I've just read, 10,000 talents, it would take that servant at his hourly pay over 100,000 years to pay back. Here, here's what the life expectancy was, you know, anywhere from 50 to 80, right? It's saying it's a debt he, hit, he could not personally pay back. Uh, 100,000 years it would take to pay that back, and then some. But he was not able to pay his master commanded, uh, he was not able to pay his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children. Here's the other thing I have underlined in my Bible, because unforgiveness will not only affect you, but it will affect your whole family. I remember there was another time I'm dealing with unforgiveness and I just kind of resettled it, uh, just kind of resolved it and settled it. And I thought, you know, we were good. Uh, I think, guys, if we can get functional, we're good, right? Just push it down, keep going. That's what we're all about. And the Holy Spirit just said, anything you don't deal with, your sons are going to have to deal with. It got my attention real quick. I did not want them to wander in my desert. And so here's what's interesting is we think we can have we can be bitter and angry towards an employer, a coworker, and it won't affect the home. But this scripture is saying that because of his unforgiveness, not only was he handed over to the jailers and the torturers, but so was his wife and children. 
This is why so many times we see divorce rates on the second and the third marriages increase is because there's still bitterness and it's taken out on the next relationship. This sets up every relationship, sets up for failure because you can't contain bitterness. We, as, especially as men, think we can compartmental our lives. And this verse is saying just the opposite. Not only can't you compartmental your lives, but it's going to affect your whole family. There's good news coming, okay? So hang in there with me. We're, we're going to get you there. It's going to be a good night by the time we're done. <laughs> but he was sold with his wife and his children. And, and I, guess, I guess here's where I'm being a little heavy-handed, a little passionate, I feel. Uh, you know I love you guys, right? I, I, I'm trying to impress upon the need, and I feel it necessary to impress upon the need that today is the day you deal with it. Today is the day you're going to let go of it. Today is the day that freedom is received. And so he sold his wife, uh, to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. That's about four months pay. So we went from a hundred thousand years and it was forgiven. And now this guy owes about four months pay and he's not going to forgive it. About a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, "Pay me what you owe." So his fellow servant fell down. He worked for the IRS right here. Uh, so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, "Have patience with me. I will pay you all." Just four months, and he would not. And he went and he threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came out and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you that debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Now in verse 34, I have underlined, and I'm gonna unpack this one here, but it said, and his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. If you have the NIV, it says he handed him over to the jailers to be tortured. And that's important because the master was not the one doing the torturing. God is not the one torturing you, is what I'm saying. But the master handed him over to the jailers to torture or to the torturers until they should pay all that is due him. So my heavenly father will also do to you, each of you from his heart does not forgive his brothers for his trespasses. And so here's what's important is, is there's so many times that we hold on to bitterness and this is what we begin to think God is mad at us and, and, and God is punishing me and God is doing, there, I've actually had people in my office say the reason they got cancer is because God was, was exacting revenge on them. I like what Pastor Dwayne says, good God, bad devil. It's easy to remember, right? And, and, and just like it, maybe this scripture, this analogy might work easier for you to understand when we are choosing to be disobedient, we step out from the covering of his blessings, 
Not his love. His love is unconditional. His love will chase you to the ends of the earth. His love went to the prodigal son that slopped with the pigs. He was still a son, and he still loved his son. His love is unconditional. But the protection and the blessings, we can make the choice to step out from. For example, if he says to either honor the marriage or he says to remain pure until marriage, there's a protection that comes to being obedient to the word of God. But if you choose not to be obedient and you choose to party and sleep around, well, then there's sexually transmitted disease. There's all sorts of things. Is that God exacting that? No, that's you being turned over to the torturer. That's the life you chose and you stepped out from the goodness and the protection of the Father. Is this making sense a little bit? Okay, so I, I want you to know that what you're experiencing is not God bringing that torture into your life, but it's you choosing not to, step, to stay under his protection. You still, he still loves you, but it's you stepping out now and being handed to the torturers. Here's another thing I want to submit to you. This is the way I read this now, so I want to be careful here, but this is the way I read this. We're made up of three different elements. And I think this is going to help bring some healing. You, you, you just see one guy here, rather good looking. And, uh, but, but here, and some of you laughed a little too hard at that. Um, but, but here in me is body, very obvious, skin and bones. There's the soul. That's my, my, my mind, my will, my emotions. And there's my spirit. And my spirit is eternal. The moment I ask Jesus Christ into my life, Corinthians says that, All things are new. Behold, all things are new. Old things have passed away. In that moment, he gives me a new spirit. My spirit is forever. It is changed just like that. And all things are new. Behold, the old is gone. Now I have a new spirit, but I still have a flesh that needs to be renewed. This is where the Bible tells us to renew our mind on the word of God, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, to take every thought captive. These things are here so that our spirit so that our soul, excuse me, so that our soul can be renewed just like our mind was instantly renewed. Wouldn't it be nice if he just instantly renewed the whole, the whole kit and caboodle right at that one moment, huh? New body, bam, all of a sudden you drop 50 pounds, you're ready to go, you're looking good, right? New body, new mind, new spirit, it's all done, but it doesn't work that way because then we wouldn't need to walk with him and depend on him every day. But he gives us a spirit that's new in that moment. But then we, we need to walk with our Father to renew our mind. That's our soul. And someday our body will be resurrected and we'll have a new body. So salvation is actually seen in three different tenses. We, have, um, we are saved. That's our spirit. We are being saved, the Bible says. That's the renewing of our mind. And it says we will be saved. That's the resurrection of our body. Here's what I see with this. When we're handed over to the torturers, that's our soul being handed over to our torturers. This is, this is my belief. He loves me. My, my spirit is right with him. But there's things now, because I refuse to show others so much in a smaller degree than what he showed me, it turns my body, my soul, over to being tortured. And you see bitterness. You see brokenness. You see brokenness in relationships. You see people that are angry. 
You see people that walk into addictions to try to escape the pain and to numb the emotion. And all of that is the torture. You see depression come upon when I see unforgiveness and bitterness. And all these things are the torturers of the enemy that we've been choosing to be handed over to because we have not, as we freely received, have freely given. Is this making sense? And so... I want to share with you my testimony, or a testimony. Remember I said I couldn't come up with an example on this. And um, on this one, I remember just going, Lord, um, in fact, I was just thinking, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up because I'm going to start ministering uh, right after this. But I'm, I'm working on this, and this shows the power of forgiveness. This is a true story. Uh, I got to this, and I go, um, I need an example of a time that was hard to forgive. And I'm serious. I couldn't think of a time. I, I could not think of a time where I had a hard time forgiving or an example of, of where I needed to forgive. And I've been mad at people. I mean, you know, uh, I'll just tell you this right now. When... when the construction says left lane closed two miles. That means get over because the left lane's closed two miles so that when I get over and you think you're going to cut in front of me at the last minute, that ain't going to happen. Okay, I've been angry. Maybe I'm a little angry right now. Okay, now that I'm reliving, I get that. So uh, there, there's times where I've been angry, but I couldn't remember a time holding bitterness. And so for two or three days, I just kind of mulled this in my mind. I'm going, Lord, I got to come up with something here to make this work. And then all of a sudden, this is what the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said, um, what about Karen's letter? I said, I forgot about that letter. Completely forgot about it. This was the letter that had to be brought back. And, and listen, I, I, I know uh, I got my sad story. I, I got my country song. You got your country song. We, we can all play our card about who, who had it rougher in life. I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to say I, I, I had it worse than you all. I, I'm just saying this is the power of complete healing and forgiveness. This is my story that I couldn't even remember for three days. I had to ask the Lord, give me an example. And the Holy Spirit uh, just said, what, what, what about Karen's letter? So I forgot about that one. I, I, um, I dated this girl through high school uh, she actually led me to the Lord when I was a senior in high school, 1982, January. Gave my life to Jesus, January 28th, water baptized, same day in a little church. Changed my life. Um, graduated from high school, ended up getting married to her. Married my high, uh, the girl I dated throughout high school. Uh, I'm 21 years old. I'm a, I'm a little older than that now. I'm 21. I... And after just 11 months of being married, um, discovered she was having an affair. 
blindsided. I mean, we haven't even celebrated one year anniversary. I, I, I thought we were still on our honeymoon. I, I thought we were, it just totally blindsided me. Um, so much so that I, I remember uh, when she left, um, she, she said, I'm going to my parents. And I said, great, I'll, 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 let me go. And I'll go with you. And she goes, no, no, I don't want you to go. And I'm, when are you coming back? And she goes, I don't think you understand what's going on here. We're done. We're done. Completely devastated, brokenhearted, and um, found out she had been having an affair. My heart was to try to reconcile. I, I was still a new believer. Um, I had suffered, I had experienced throughout life a, a series of failures, struggled with the fear of failure. This was just another failure. I mean, the enemy's got me down on the canvas and I'm not getting up. Um, I'm still praying for hope. I'm still honoring the marriage, even though she's now with her boyfriend and they're having just a grand old time. Uh, then one night, in the middle of the night, I'm laying in bed. It must have, I, I was asleep. It was, it was literally one or two o'clock in the morning. And the phone rings, and back in those days, we had an answering machine. Remember those? All of a sudden, chug, 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 I could hear the answering machine click on. And you, you couldn't hear your outgoing message, but if you were patient, you would hear the person that was calling, leaving a message live. And I thought, good night, who is calling me at two in the morning? And I'm laying in bed, and, and it's Karen. And she said, there's an envelope in my parents' mailbox, which is way across town. I'm gonna leave it in there until the morning. And at seven in the morning, if I'm gonna check the mailbox and if that card is still there, that letter's still there, I'm gonna take it out. You've got until seven to get the letter. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm laying there going, it's a trap. It's a trap, I'm not falling for it. But then again, I'm thinking maybe this is uh, a letter of, of reconciliation. Maybe that she's reaching out and uh, she's saying she's sorry and if I don't respond, boy, she, she's out. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, it was driving me crazy. I, I realized I've got to go get this letter and, and I'm assuming at this point I have been convinced this is a letter of apology. This is a first step of restoration. I couldn't be more excited. Sure enough, I get over there. It's about four in the morning, three in the morning. I open the uh, mailbox and there's sure enough a blue envelope like a Hallmark card envelope and it's thick. I mean, there's some paper in there and I'm like, woohoo. And I get home, I wait until I get home. I take open this, uh, this envelope and there's about four pages, double-sided, handwritten. And I begin to read it. And it says, I can't believe how stupid you are. I can't believe you never saw the affair going on. And she goes, remember when you would answer the phone and the person would hang up? Yeah, that was my boyfriend. And I would just laugh because I knew it was him and he hung up because you answered. I remember on Valentine's Day, she had this necklace and I went, oh, that's cute. Did, where did you get that? And she goes, oh, I just found it. I just had it. And she wrote this in the letter. She goes, remember that necklace? Yeah, he gave me that. And I used to like wearing it in front of you, knowing it was our secret and you had no clue what it was about. And four pages, just on and on and on and on and on. And I just cried all night. I, I don't know. Actually, I do know why she wrote the letter. For a long time, I didn't know why she wrote the letter. 
so I don't know where you're at. I don't know what it's like to be sexually abused. I don't know what it's like to be physically abused. I know what it's like to be betrayed and I know what it's like to be brokenhearted. And I know what it's like for God when you cry out to heal brokenness. I know what that's like. That's a good thing. And I want to walk you through the three steps because I was so angry. Brokenness turned for me, it turned for anger. And, and I, I remember being so furious. It, it actually scared me. I have never, and, and to this day, I, I've never even come close to being this angry. I mean, I was, I was enraged to a point, and, and I'm serious, I remember it was, it was by the grace of God I didn't run into him because for the days and the weeks that followed, I just thought and dreamt of how I could kill this guy. I just role-played in my head how I could get away without, without leaving evidence, without being caught. Oh, I, you know, I just, I fantasized about, I, I mean, it is amazing how rage could drive you to even have thoughts of that, but that's, that's the dark place that I was at. That's the hurt, that's the brokenness I was at. But I knew I couldn't stay there, but I did not know how I was going to get out of it. And it took just the faith of a mustard seed, the desire to look to the Father to be let out. And so here are the three steps that he led me in that I want to minister to you today. The first step was this, is you have to receive forgiveness to give it. You can't give something that you don't have. In Luke eleven four, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, this is how he taught the disciples to pray. And that was forgive us our sins so we also can forgive the sins of others. I grew up Catholic. This was the one verse of the Bible I could quote, right? <laughs> the Lord's Prayer. There's a reason why it's in that order. Forgive us our sins because once we've had forgiveness shown to us, then we have the ability to show forgiveness to others. He doesn't expect us to clear the slate with everybody and then come to him. But we come to him with all our baggage and he forgives us and empowers us to forgive others. In Matthew 10, 8, he says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you receive, freely you give. And this is the power, this is the anointing of the Lord, that as he gives it, it's not meant for you to hold on to. It is meant that as you receive it, you're meant to give it. As you receive his forgiveness, you're meant to then give forgiveness to others. Freely you've received, freely you've given. And this is what I want to do for the first part. I'm going to ask everybody to stand up here. Because some of you, the two truths I gave you about forgiveness was this, was one, we're expected to forgive all the time, every time. But secondly, it's impossible to forgive without the power of God. Until you've been forgiven, you, you can't forgive. And so I'm just going to kind of let you off the hook there. Because you might be beating yourself up, but it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit, says the Lord. And so with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive the forgiveness of a father because our God is not a God of religion. He's not a God of rules. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He's about a relationship. And he wants to show that to you. But you've got to forgive yourself first. You've got to quit beating yourself up and you've got to come to a loving father and freely receive his forgiveness because it's the only chance you have to forgive others. 
And so with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm not gonna make any assumptions of who's in this room and where you're at. But I'm just telling you right now is a time that God wants to reveal himself to you and perfect it in a way that you have never seen, even if you grew up in a church. Because he's not a God of try harder, but he's a God of surrender. And so with your head bowed and your eyes closed, there's one question that everybody's got to reconcile in their life, and that is, is my heart right with God? And if you're standing there going, I think so, or I hope so, today you can know for sure. Tonight, right now, you can know for sure. You might have done just some terrible things. You might have just made poor decisions. You might be full of regret. I'm just telling you now, he will forgive each and every one of them and allow you to forgive yourself if you will just come to him and trust him with your life. Romans says this, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And what that verse means is there's got to be a moment where you just didn't grow up in church, that it's not enough to believe that God is real. And I'll even say this, it's not enough to even pray to God, but there's got to be a moment in our lives where we've surrendered our lives, where we have a specific moment in our lives that we can reflect back to, refer back to, and to say, this was a moment that I called upon Jesus and said, Jesus, come into my life. And if you don't have a defining moment like that, this is your moment right now, and it's going to last a lifetime. Don't give the jailers, the torturers, any more time, not another moment, but experience the forgiveness of the Heavenly Father. And so I'm going to offer to pray. If, if you're standing here and you say, I, I don't know if my heart is right, but I know today, right now, I know that I need to call upon the name of the Lord. I need to ask Jesus to come into my life as Lord and Savior. I want you to include me in that prayer. If that describes you on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand with every head bowed, every eyes closed. I need to call upon Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to ask Jesus into my life. Include me in that prayer. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two. Three, just lift it up. I see that hand right there. I see that hand right there. I see that hand here. I see that hand here. There, over on this side, I see this hand right here. Is there another one? Include me in that prayer. Now, if you listen, if you raised your hand, this is so important. This is so important. If you raised your hand, I need you to make eye contact with me. I want you to look at me. All right, look at me. Because I'm going to come down here. I'm going to ask you to step out and I'm going to pray for you to receive the forgiveness of the Father. Don't miss it. I'm going to right now just kind of step out where you're at. Come right. If you raised your hand, come right up here. Let me pray for you. Awesome. Yeah. Encourage them. So proud of you. So proud of you. Come on. Come on up here. So proud of you. This is so important. This is so important. You know what? I'm so proud of you. Stand right here and make one line, shoulder to shoulder, one line, shoulder to shoulder, right here. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times, I got good news, I got bad news. A lot of times, I just let people raise their hand. I pray for them in their seats. That The good news is I called you forward. Because you will always know this moment that you receive the forgiveness of the Father. And it will change your life. Here's the thing. Romans 10.8 says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you'll be saved. That's a beautiful promise because here's what it's saying. He's not waiting for you to fix yourself to get good enough to be accepted because none of us can do that. Maybe I tried a whole life trying to get good enough to be accepted and it is impossible. But in our state of brokenness, if we'll raise our hand, 
and we'll step forward and call on the name of Jesus. He says, that's all it takes. And that's what we're going to do right now. So if it's a good night, isn't it? If all those in the back, if you would just join us in prayer as, and repeat for encouragement in the front here, if you guys would just pray this prayer out loud from your heart with me and just pray, Oh, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe you died on the cross, that you rose again, and you're seated on the throne. Jesus, forgive me for all that I've done wrong. And I choose to forgive all others. Come into my life today and forever. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. That's what forgiveness feels like. It feels pretty good, doesn't it? To be forgiven. Don't let the devil take that away from you because you're forgiven. His love never fails. I tell you what, I'm going to encourage you. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to have you go back to your seat because this was step one. And you can't go to step two until you've received the forgiveness of the Father. That's why I told him I want to do this in the middle, okay? So I'm going to give you guys a high five and I'm going to send you back to your seat because I'm proud of you and we're all proud of you. Honor these guys. Proud of you. Go, go ahead and grab a seat. I'm going to finish up, okay? Awesome. Okay. My wife freaked out there because I had two back surgeries this year. And so I'm not going to jump off the platform anymore. Unless I need to. <laughs> um, this, <clears throat> you, you, I, I've got to word this very precise. You can have a seat. I've got to word this very precise. So, uh, I want you to hear my heart because um, I needed to receive his forgiveness daily when I hurt. Now, I was forgiven, okay? This is real important. Uh, it sounds like tomato, tomato. It isn't. I was forgiven when I prayed the prayer that you guys just prayed. I was forgiven. Jesus says this on the cross it is what? finished, done deal. I was forgiven. I was on my way to heaven. I, I had a relationship, but there, that was my spirit. My soul was still hurting. My soul was full of so much junk that I had to renew my mind so that my mind understood what just happened to my spirit. Am I making sense to you? And so I hurt so bad, I could not even come close to forgiving anybody else. I could not even come close to forgiving this person uh, and, and the boyfriend. I couldn't even come close. So all I did was every day receive his forgiveness. That's all I did. Because the Bible says freely receive, freely give. I had to freely receive, and it wasn't a one-time done deal for me. It was for salvation now, but for emotional healing of my soul I had to receive forgiveness every day and I knew I needed to forgive and I didn't want to forgive. I couldn't. I didn't even have the, the emotional strength to forgive, but I did have the strength for this. I did have the strength to say, Jesus, thank you that you forgave me. I can't imagine the betrayal of being sexually abused. And this is men and women now. I, I can't imagine that hurt. 
But I'm telling you, you have it within your spirit to pray, Jesus, thank you that you've forgiven me. Am I, am I speaking the truth now? Nod your head with me if, if, you know, if you agree with what I'm saying. You might not be in a place where you can't forgive somebody that's hurt you and betrayed you, but I know you can. I know you have the faith of a mustard seed. He has given you that. Once you receive the Spirit of God, He has given you the faith of that mustard seed to, to receive His forgiveness. And, and, and maybe you feel unworthy. You've got to get past that and renew your mind. You are worthy in Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And every morning I was broken. Every night I cried. And every day I just said, Jesus, thank you. You have forgiven me. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I'm forgiven. And I don't know how much time went by in my life, but that's all I could do. And then one day, the cracks just began to heal. The hurt started to scab. And I started to experience a little freedom. And the Holy Spirit introduced me to a second step. I thought I was doing pretty good. I thought I had made it. <laughs> and I realized we were just starting a journey. And so I want to give you that first step. Just thank him every day for your forgiveness, that you are forgiven. You're forgiven for everything you've done in your past, and you're forgiven for every stupid thing you and I are going to do in our future. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. And then number two, it's to choose to forgive, to pray forgiveness for others. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is not an emotion. You, you will never get around to forgiving others if you wait until you feel like it. Can I get a like it on that one? An amen on that one, yeah. That, that, that's not gonna happen. It's a resolve, it's a choice. It's a choice of saying, I am tired, I am sick and tired of being stuck in this desert. I am so tired of poisoning the people that I love the most. I'm so tired of seeing this bitterness and unforgiveness go into my kids and into my spouse. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of it. And, and you will get that resolve in your heart that you just realize it, it is gonna be more painful to stay this way than to change. And now you're willing to change. And that comes from just receiving Christ's forgiveness every day. Thank you, I'm forgiven. And then pretty soon I finally realized I don't feel like it, but I'm gonna make the choice to forgive. James says this, that the, the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It sets the whole course. And I, I'm going to choose with my tongue to start declaring that I want to forgive. I said, Lord, I want to forgive them. I want to forgive them. It's hard. I, and, and I remember saying this, and it was like God just understood. I said, Lord, I want to forgive them, but I really don't. I do, but I don't. I do, but I don't. And, and he totally got it. And in Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 43, it says, there is a saying Love your friends and hate your enemies. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you, bring, you will be acting as true sons of your Father in heaven. You know, it, it is acting as a true son, as our Father in heaven. And, and there's two ways that uh, you can act like family. And one way is genetically. I've got three boys. And my middle boy, genetically, he is a spitting image of me. We go out for breakfast, and they, the, we've had this. The, the server comes up, and they go, may I take, oh, my goodness, you can tell your father and son. I mean, he is, he is mini-me, but he's 6'3". He is big-me, right? 
he genetically, he looks like me. I've got one son that sounds like me to a point that I heard him down the hallway and I thought it was a recording of me. He sounds like me. I'm like, well, that's just kind of freaky to hear yourself and it sounds like you. He sounds just like me. I've got my third son and he thinks just like me. I mean, he, he just walks in, he discerns the situation and in three steps, I mean, he is just, he thinks like me. And we are the true sons of the Father. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this. We are the children. We are the daughters. We are the sons of the Father. It means that not only genetically are, are we family through the blood of Jesus Christ, that we are genetically family, but it also means this, that we take on his character, that we sound like him, that we look like him, that we act like him. These are the true sons and daughters. And the true sons and daughters not only love their friends, but they love their enemies. And then get this, they pray for them. And so I just, during that time, I just, I just asked, Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And then I just remember there was a day where I just said, Lord, I, I, I want to be done with this and I want to forgive. I, I do. And I just remember saying, I don't feel like it, but Lord, I'm choosing today to forgive. I'm choosing to forgive her. I'm choosing to forgive him. I'm choosing to forgive. And then it was almost like the well, just we, we tapped a well and a gusher came. And I'm, I forgive him for this and I forgive him for that. And I forgive him for this. And, and I just started rolling out forgiveness. And here's what I realized. People do terrible things to other people because they hurt and I began to realize why she wrote the letter. Somebody hurt her really bad. I, I don't know the story, but you do that because you, you've been hurt. And everybody has a story. And so that was my second step. And here's what I want to do. I want to minister where you're sitting. I'm not going to call you forward. But I think some of you are stuck on that right there. I think you've come to the revelation and, and maybe you, you, you do need to still receive his forgiveness. Be reminded of that. Restore your mind so that your mind matches your soul. But I'm going to pray and minister to you to have the desire to make the choice to forgive. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would bring a conviction to our hearts. And here's the thing, it, it's a beautiful conviction. When the Holy Spirit, it, it's not condemnation at all. That, that's not how the Holy Spirit operates. It's a beautiful conviction. It, it's a conviction and encouragement all at the same time. And I just pray, Lord, you'd continue to bring conviction into our hearts to make the choice to forgive. Lord, that today we choose to forgive all others all the time. I pray right now, Lord, that if there's any area of bondage that, that we're holding on to because of unforgiveness, I pray right now you will call that person to mind. That maybe we've suppressed it and pushed it down and tried to move on and get functional that, that we really for, kind of forgot about it. But right now you're saying there's undealt issues of uh, forgiveness and you're bringing it to mind. And with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I'm just curious. 
if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if you've got a, a situation, just raise your hand. That's me. All right, praise God. Holy Spirit, just minister to that moment. Holy Spirit, just call to mind an event that we need to, to let go, that we need to forgive. Because freely we've received and now freely we want to give. We want to release them in Jesus' name. And I'm praying right now for somebody that this is just hard and I'm just praying that you will make the choice, the resolve in your heart to forgive. It imprisons the whole family. Just let it go. Don't give the jailer, the torturer one more moment in your life. Make the choice. Make the choice to forgive. I love what Pastor Dwayne says. Holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. So in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray each and every one of us that we have the courage that we right now in the name of Jesus, we confess, we declare that we make the choice to forgive. And in your mind right now, I want you to just, and, and under your breath, I just want you to say softly, the person you're forgiving in Jesus' name. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I forgive them in Jesus' name because you have forgiven me. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus that we would have the courage, the strength, and the desire, the faith of just a mustard seed that tomorrow that we will be willing to continue in this and to walk in forgiveness and to show forgiveness because you have given us forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm, I'm giving you here in a, in, in a, in a message what, what took me weeks and months. So you guys are amazing and brilliant. I'll just tell you that, okay? Well, what I'm saying is this has becomes a lifestyle. I literally get to a point in my quiet time, I am proactively forgiving people before they have a chance to offend me. That is a good place to be in life. I'm serious. This is what I say. Lord, I'm choosing. I'm choosing. I'm making the choice. Father, I'm choosing to forgive all the people all the time. So I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I can guarantee you somebody is going to say something that I could be offended to tomorrow. And I've already made the choice. I'm going to forgive them. Done deal. It's good to be living proactively than being the tail on the dog, isn't it? I'm tired of being the tail on the dog. All right, here's the third one. I think this one was the hardest one. It, it, well... It was the hardest one, but it was the quickest one to resolve too because God has showed himself so faithful. But this was the hardest one. But when I finally tapped out, it was done deal and we were good to go. Receive his forgiveness. Pray uh, forgiveness for others. Make the choice. Here's the third one. Pray blessings for them. If you want to be healed, if you want to be healed to a point where you cannot remember a time you were ever offended and you have to ask God to show you, this is how you get there. This is where there, there's, there's no scar. There's complete healing. And I remember I was experiencing with every stage this freedom, this life, this, you know, it was just awesome. I thought I was good to go. And the Lord goes, no, no, we got one more, buddy. Sit down. And uh, he said, I want you to bless them. And I just, I, I remember going, well, I'm not going to do that. Because uh, if I choose to bless them, if I pray blessings on them, you will bless them. And then I'm going to be mad at you. 
And so I'm just gonna, I know God has a sense of humor. I know the way he thinks. And I know that if I pray blessings, he's going to test me in this and he's going to bless them. And I don't want them blessed. In fact, uh, I'd like to call down smite from, uh, from, from heaven, smite them, uh, you know, break the transmission, do something, but don't bless them. And I, re- I just realized that uh, I had to do this and that I wasn't going to go any further. Every time I had a quiet time, this, this was, I was checked up on this one. In Luke 6, 27, it says, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, bless those who curse you. Uh, listen, this is important especially if you've been physically abused or sexually abused, there's a way to completely forgive, but to have safe boundaries. Okay? David was being persecuted by Saul. David forgave Saul. Saul was trying to kill David. David forgave Saul, but he he did it one mountaintop away from Saul. So I'm not talking about letting uh, the monster back in the home. Okay? You can forgive and have a boundary. That, that is healthy. But now it was time to start praying blessings upon them. And I, and I just remembered, uh, oh, oh, boy, um, Lord, this one, you're, you're killing me. You're killing me. And he goes, yeah, that's the point. And I'm going to rebuild you. And it's going to be amazing. And so I remember sitting there, and I, and I, I just kind of worked up to it. So I said, okay, Lord, I, I'm so thankful you've forgiven me. I'm so thankful. And you know, when he forgives me, he blesses me. So I, he's wanted me to do what he does for me. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that I'm forgiven. And uh, Lord, I'm choosing to forgive uh, her, them. And uh, I just said, and Lord, I, I just bless them. And, uh, and I love it when he won't let you play a game with him. And, and it was almost like he said, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. What, what, did you say something? Uh, but he wasn't going to let me play a game with him because he wanted me healed. The, the, this was all about, here, here's the thing. Jesus, when he talks, he, he, he's talking to you and about you. That's all he cares about at that moment. When he's in a conversation, it, it was my heart that he was trying to heal. It had nothing to do with them. He's just, he goes, you know what? I'm going to deal with their heart. But right now, I want to heal your heart. And he said, I, I'm serious, son. I want you to bless them. And I will bless you in accordance to which you bless them. Well, I wanted to be blessed, so we had a problem on our hands. This is what we call a spiritual dilemma. And I just said, well, I, I want to be blessed. And so, Lord, I, I thank you for your forgiveness. And, Lord, I do forgive them. And, Lord, I pray blessings upon them. And this is, all of a sudden, this is how my, my, the gears change because we can make blessings a materialistic thing. I'm not saying, Lord, give them a new Cadillac. This is what I said. I said, Lord, I hope they feel the peace that I feel when I'm with you. I hope that every person experiences the joy that I have in you. I hope, Lord, that every person experiences the freedom of being set free from the jail. 
Lord, I, I hope there's nobody that, that is a moment longer with the torturer than it has to be. That was the blessing. And when I prayed that, like I said, all of a sudden I realized hurting people do very stupid things. And then all of a sudden I realized I've been a hurting person and I've done some very stupid things to people. And Lord, I, I really mean it. Lord, forgive me. And I forgive them. And I pray blessings on them. I'm telling you, this, this, this beautiful woman here, I've been married to for 30 years. And I'm telling you, this is what restoration, this is what healing, this is what second chances look like. And they're amazing. God has greatness for you. If you will trust him and give it over to him, he has a path for you for healing. Can I get an amen? All right. Well, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your healing. Thank you that you lead us out of the desert. Thank you that you have forgiven us of so much. Lord, we have forgiven, been forgiven us so much. And as we freely receive, we freely give to you. Father, we choose to forgive all others all the time. And Father, for those that have hurt us, Father, even though we, we will put safe boundaries, but we not only choose to forgive them, but we pray blessings upon them in Jesus' name. Let them all experience the peace and the joy and the abundant life that can be found in you, Jesus, and only you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.